as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Impala Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. We promise we actually still exist. <laughs> yes, very, but we do. Yes. We've just been very busy. Uh, anyways, I'm Adam McDonald with a Big Shiny Robot. And I am Andy Wilson of Graphic Policy. I'm so glad to be back, Adam. It's it's. Been, I know, right? It's been a month, yeah, hasn't like, it? <laughs> it, was, it? It has been a month. I mean, we had lots going on, lots of just stuff and work and being sick and... You know, just just and, drama. and lots of lots of <laughs> mediocre movies that have come out in between. Then I, I don't know if there's any like highlights or lowlights, but there there's no movie that really like, oh my gosh, this was so amazing, or oh my gosh, this was so terrible. Even even among like the the geo storms, like I I don't know, I just I couldn't uh, make myself get that excited about it, and it's just like yeah, you know, stuff's kind of moving along, and yeah, it was and a month we, of meh. Yeah, and now we got Thor Ragnarok, which is not mad. We do have Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> and and we are uh, going into the the Oscar and um, and big box office movies for the next several weeks. So uh, we will hopefully we we'd better be more consistent, or we're gonna lash ourselves with a wet noodle, right? <laughs> Don't threat me with a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, wait, this is our, this is our PG podcast. So we can't go there. Um, yep. But yeah, so we have, we have the big names, we've got Thor, and then in two weeks we've got Justice League, and then three weeks after that we've got Star Wars. Oh my gosh. So we've we've got yep. lots and lots coming, and then, like I said, all the prestige movies, so we'll see how that goes. But right now we are definitely talking about Thor Ragnarok, which is the third out, outing in the Thor, I guess, trilogy now, you could call it. It's part of the bigger MCU. Uh, it's directed by Taika Waititi, who we know from uh, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, the Wilder People movie that was at Sundance a couple years ago. Uh, overall known for doing kind of more comedic type films, and if you've seen the trailers for this movie, I definitely, it's definitely the characters have fun. Uh, throughout the film, it's obvious that they're letting Chris Hemsworth uh, improv some more. I mean, he proved how funny he could be in Ghostbusters as Kevin, the really, really stupid secretary. Yeah, yeah. and he's really <laughs> got that on display here. He's This is a funny movie. I think that's the first thing that really stuck out to me, and, you know, I first... Um, I mean, I didn't know Taika Waititi by by name at that point, but uh, the first stuff I remember him from was when he was working on Flight of the Concords with his fellow Kiwis, uh, Jermaine Clement and and, and Brett. Mm-hmm, yep. and, you know, and uh, he wrote and directed a lot of those, and and this has that same kind of humor. And if, if you're familiar with all of that, um, that really shows through, and especially there. There's a couple little uh, things, uh, connections with Hunt for the Wilder People that I just I thought was was hilarious. That that was my first thought was I saw Wilder People because I found out he was doing the next Thor movie. And I said, okay, well, nothing that he's done makes me believe that he's capable of doing like a big Thor movie. And the last Thor movie that they did, they're like, oh, we're going to get these guys from Game of Thrones and they're going to do the Dark World, and I'm like, okay, I don't know, and we kind of got a meh movie out of it, so I'm like, let's see what he can do. Hunt for the Wild People, a a kind of just fun, droll, funny movie, and then the last ten minutes go bananas with this insane car chase with explosions that would Mm -hmm. make Michael Bay blush because they're just so over-the-top and stupid. And 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 intentionally so, and I'm like, okay, 
Okay, there's your Thor movie. And and all done in, in the name of comedy, you know, very much like Edgar Wright and uh, and and the work he, he did on, like, Hot Fuzz. That's, that's kind of what the last ten minutes reminded me of. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what your next Thor movie is going to be. Got yeah, it. definitely. And if anything, Marvel has proven that with, with the directors they pick for these films. I mean, look at the Russo brothers who've done two of the best two of the best films and hopefully a third with Infinity War coming out. Um, I never would have picked them to be the type of directors for the type of movies we got with Civil War and Winter Soldier, but they, yeah. they kind of know what they're doing. Yep. <laughs> I think they've kind of got this nailed down. Um, and to top it all off, all the music's by uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, who is from the band Devo. So if you're thinking this movie has a bit of an 80s bent to it, you'd be very, very okay. correct because a lot of the sound and the, the motifs... Um, I've heard a lot of comparisons. It's like this is like the best Masters of the Universe remake we could have hoped for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like Masters is very much Flash like, Gordon. Flash Gordon. That's yeah. that's exactly where I was going. Flash Gordon and and like Buckaroo Banzai. That whole like psychedelic rock driven uh, sci fi fantasy ridiculous thing that isn't supposed to be really taken yeah. seriously. Or like uh, Big, and, Big Trouble Little China, which actually I'm going to come back to because I'm going to yeah. tie a character into that. Um, yeah, but well, and a lot of that. And the, you you mentioned the Mark Mothersbaugh um, uh, soundtrack, very much like a John Carpenter esque mm-hmm. soundtrack with the with the synth and you know kind of understated in a lot of places. It just you know it it put me right back there and and really loved yeah. So it. you got a lot of the same things, the same kind of sound you got in the Blade Runner twenty forty nine soundtrack, but a lot less oppressive and much happier. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> a little a little lighter, than a little lighter. Blade but at the same time, you know, we're talking about Ragnarok, which is the end of all things. So technically speaking, there, while this movie is quite funny, there are some very serious um, kind of underlying tones and themes. But so we start out, uh, Thor is finally coming back to Asgard. He's been gone for a while. We would assume since the uh, Age of Ultron, we learned about the Infinity Stones because he's been out there. You know, opening monologue, he breaks the fourth wall and tells us, "Hey, I've been out searching for Infinity Stones." And now I'm fighting this evil uh, demon Surtur that's supposed to bring about Ragnarok. He goes back to Asgard, and as we know, things are not well because Odin's disappeared, and Loki, as we saw at the end of The Dark World, uh, is taken over, pretending to be Loki, and so everything's kind of weird. So they end up going back to Earth. They have a brief stint with Stephen Strange, who explains, like, uh, Loki can't be here, he's bad for the Earth. Let me tell you where Odin is. Well, Odin reveals some things, and we find out that uh, due to the events that have taken place... Well, hello, the, uh, the, the basically the, the goddess of death is returning to take over Asgard, and go- she is played wonderfully by Kate Blanchett, um, who just is beautiful, choose through every scene. I haven't seen an actress have this much fun with a role since Elizabeth Banks as oh, yeah. Rita Repulsa yeah. in Power Rangers, and it's the same type. Of, and they're both in, it's the same type of performance too. They're just both loving every second, being just deliciously evil, um, you know, and. and Kate Blanchett's Hela is very much like the merciless Ming <laughs> in this, where she's just there to destroy things because she's got a grudge against Odin and everything else. Uh, through all the stuff where Thor's trying to track her down, get rid of her, things go as- askew, and he ends up getting lost. Crash lands on this planet called Sakaar, which is this huge garbage dump where all these portals just drop crap off, and it's run by the Grandmaster, who is a little G-god played by Jeff Goldblum, who is his most Jeff Goldblooming that we've seen in a long time. He, and he basically, basically just is Jeff Goldblum. He's space Jeff Goldblum. Exactly. It's, it's basically it's how, how Tony Stark is just RDJ being RDJ. Like He's basically, the Grandmaster is Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. Uh, but he's got this huge tournament he runs where he's got these gladiators who fight. 
And so Thor gets conscripted into that because he's now a slave. And of course he has to fight his champion, who, as we've seen from the trailers, is the Hulk. Well, the two of them have to eventually band together. They meet up with uh, a new character named Valkyrie, who is played by Tessa Thompson, who is probably the best addition yes. to the Marvel Universe. Um, she is kind of a disgraced uh, royal guard from Asgard who escaped after the first time they fought Hela and just couldn't deal with it anymore. And she's a hard-drinking, hard-fighting woman who's just absolutely amazing. She was given some of the best performances and lines in the whole movie. And some of the best action they have to join together. She is. Yes. She kicks so much butt. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. So... She's fantastic. She's so much fun, and she holds her own against Thor like crazy. There's like she's she doesn't give him an inch, and she's perfect in it. So the three of them have to band together to get back to Asgard to stop Hela from uh, basically finishing taking over and bringing about Ragnarok, which will destroy all of Asgard. There's a lot more to the story than that, but that's pretty much it in a nutshell. So I've been talking for a bit, Andy. Yeah, tell it, us what you it, thought. I mean, you really summed it up. I I don't think we can undersell how funny this movie is i mean from the very opening scene like he he's breaking the fourth ball he's telling us what's going on and then he's talking to this giant fire demon surter and he's like oh you're gonna you're gonna bring about the end of the world oh that's cool and he's just he's so nonplussed and it's so but what's so funny yeah and we've seen we've seen this in the, in the very first trailer where he's like tied up in these chains and all of a sudden he falls down and he's like hanging from the chains and he's spinning and all of a sudden like Surtur's like saying yes and I will bring him out riding a rock and then Thor goes wait hold on hold on and you look over and you see that he's like because he's swiveling yeah. and he's like turned away from Surtur he's like wait <laughs> hold on we're having a moment we had a connection wait till I turn all the way back oh I'm back around again okay keep on going and that happens like three times in the first five minutes of their talking. And it just takes the piss out of Surtur's like, I am going to destroy the world. And he's like, no, wait, hold on. I'm going around again. Give me a second. Yeah. And you know what this really reminded me of is, uh, uh, is fellow Marvel director Sam Raimi. And, and a lot of oh, what yeah. he did. I mean, there's definitely a very like Evil Dead Army of Darkness vibe to this right down to he lovingly steals a camera trick from Sam Raimi in that opening action scene where he's fighting Surtur's demons and it is just marvelous. And oh yeah he did didn't he? I was, trying, I, was yeah. I, I thought of the scene the moment you said it I was like yep that's that is a Sam if you watch any Sam Raimi movie you know what we're talking about. Yep. Um, even like Oz the Great and Powerful he did it so yeah it's a, it's a trick so yeah, it, keep an eye just, out for that. It, it's it's like he lovingly lifted it and he knew exactly what he was doing and and what he was calling out and and that's that's what makes it beautiful there's a there's another similar scene where they lift something right out of Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory oh with the music and everything with the music and everything and it's just like wow like they went for it and it worked because they just they're like yeah we're doing this and we're totally cool with it and it it worked. It was funny, and I, I it served the movie very well because otherwise, this movie could have been really dark. It could have been uh, very heavy. I mean, it's about the end of the world, uh, and um, and 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 there's there's some deeper issues here, but mostly this is just a fun movie, and uh, you can you can have a, a really great time with it. And the oh my gosh, and the visuals. These visuals are spectacular. Uh, I, I don't know if I would go as far to say that it's as good as um, Doctor Strange level. I wouldn't go that far, no, because Doctor Strange showed me things I've never seen in a movie before with their special yeah. effects. 
it but it was almost there it was in in some places it was reaching into that same territory but it it wasn't it wasn't trying to be as psychedelic but it definitely you know Taika Waititi obviously had had seen Jack Kirby drawings and and knew that and stole from that to to uh, make a, a visual core for this movie and and Walt Simonson and Planet Hulk and uh, I, I feel like that is kind of like the the comics cocktail that makes this this movie up. Um, speaking of Planet Hulk, I mean, there's there's some similarities in here to that, uh, and and also Taika Waititi shows up uh, as he is wont to do, make himself uh, a character in his own movie. He's a giant rock monster who yes. is so funny. <laughs> And he's so soft-spoken, but he's this giant rock monster. And uh, he he said he based it on um, uh, on Polynesian bouncers that he knew at like the clubs ar- around Wellington. And they're just very soft-spoken, very nice, but they're giant guys who would like rip your head off if you crossed them. <laughs> uh, and that's what he was going for. And it oh, it's so good. And he's he's so perfect. And he brings that. Um, that that kind of kiwi je ne sais quoi. I, I don't know how to explain it other than the humor is very New Zealand. Uh, the same way that sometimes you can watch a movie and be like, oh, that's very Canadian humor. That's very British humor. Um, I, I think this really nails that that sort of uh, New Zealand feel in a lot of places, and it's it's just perfect. But the going back to Planet Hulk. Um, there's there's some similarities to Planet Hulk, but if this isn't this isn't the Hulk's movie. This is Thor's movie. Hulk is in it, and he's great. And Ruffalo's great. And uh, you know, and almost half the time he's the Hulk in this, which is a lot of fun. And the the other half the time he's Puny Banner. Mm-hmm. And there's some really funny stuff that goes on, like how Thor treats Hulk versus how Thor treats Banner, and the same sorts of uh, things he's trying to, uh, you know, play on both of them. We called you the stupid Avenger. <laughs> that's so funny. And and Thor is so self-centered. And the whole time, he it's like his motivation when dealing with Hulk and Banner is like, I have to prove that I'm that I'm that I'm cooler than he is, that I'm stronger than he is. Like, I've got to I got to show that I'm the one in charge. And it's it's just great because Thor is adult for a lot of this. And it really works for the character to play it kind of dumb. It, it just it works really, really, really well. Yeah, and I think actually this is the um, it does it does spend the least amount of time on Earth than any Thor movie that or any MC movie we've seen. It's definitely there are some very serious themes throughout it, but it is very lighthearted. The one thing that I've been loving is that people have been saying like you know this is just a movie a film everyone needs right now because with as yeah. dark and as dreary as the world is and like and this goes back to like Blade Runner 2049 which for my money is the best film of the year so far which of course we're getting into the Oscar season who's, who knows how that'll change sometimes and especially with you know October we have like the Jigsaw movie and you have all these dark films sometimes you just need a film that just to make you happy and like you can have fun with yeah and you know I, I wouldn't say turn your brain off yeah. because there are things to think about in this film but you're going to leave with a smile on your face. Maybe not as a big a smile as you have with like Guardians or something like that. Um, but it just made you happy. And like I haven't laughed this much at a movie in a long time. 
I mean, when when they're just going through Sakaar, all of a sudden this, the Grandmaster's explaining what's going on. They start playing the, the Willy Wonka music. I almost fell out of my seat laughing. So I was like, I can't believe they effing did it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's 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 a lighthearted movie we need right now, and I'm sure there there are some more deeper thoughts we can get into with it. But I think I agree. overall, yeah, you're going to go into this just looking to have a good time, and that's that's really what you should get out of it. I agree. It it is very lighthearted, and you you can just go in and enjoy it on a purely. Uh, surface level and and just have a good time and that's probably the best way to enjoy it I have been overwhelmed with how much I've actually thought about this movie since then and made me think deeply about a few things and th- this is the only place where I'll, I'll necessarily disagree with you is that one of the things when Odin is explaining to Thor and Loki exactly who Hela is and what's going on he's he's telling them certain things and and he's talking about Ragnarok and the end of the world and he's like Asgard isn't a place it's people and it's not about things it's about people and so you know here comes Hela coming back in with a legitimate claim on the throne of Asgard and basically turns their idea of their entire history upside down they think that they're a noble people and enlightened people. And she's like, yeah, you know what? Before you were born, Odin was the worst of the worst. And he and I, we went and we pillaged through the nine realms and we slaughtered millions of people and we brought back all their treasures and that's why they're here. And you sit on a throne of that blood and you, you know, you're very happy to take advantage of that. And you don't think about that history at all. And I'm like, you know, where we are in 2017, we could replace Asgard with America, Britain, Spain, the Netherlands, New Zealand, and think about our own history mm-hmm. and uh, and and the, the violent nature that we have whitewashed out of a lot of it, thinking that we are now so enlightened and and so evolved and um but we haven't paid recompense for any of that and so a lot of our ideological chickens are coming home to roost as we see the rise of ideologies that that we thought were long dead and we didn't need to worry about and they're back and we really need to look at ourselves in the mirror and say you know Mm -hmm. what who are we? What are our values? And and what is America? The same way they were like, what is Asgard? Is it a place? No, it's people. And and this movie, and this is where I'll go back to the lighthearted part. This makes me want to, you know, find the people that I love and, and, you know, hug them close to me. And because that's what matters in in the end. And it's not, it's not just the things. It's not the artifices of a government or a throne or anything like that our people and how we look out for each other and our values are what ultimately define us and I think that that is the ultimate message of Thor Ragnarok and they only get to that point by facing this you know giant existential crisis their, their Norse apocalypse where they face this sort of creative destruction and the idea that maybe we can reforge 
from the mistakes that we've made in the past and do better. Maybe that's where we're at. And it made me think about the entirety mm-hmm. of Phase 3 of Marvel and how in every single one of those movies, Captain America, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, all of our characters have to give up something that they think is so important to take that next step and go to that next level and become the hero that they that's the next step on their hero's journey. And Thor does that. And Loki does that. And uh, and Captain America does that. And Spider-Man does that. And Star-Lord does that. And on and on and on and on. Uh, and there's so much emphasis on family. And, wow, you know, it's, it's almost like Marvel and Kevin Feige, like, plan these things out <laughs> and are trying to make <laughs> some sort of uh, theme go through all of this. And if that, if that is the case, bravo. Bravo to, to you. Or... Or maybe this is just a movie about two brothers when their mean old sister comes in and breaks his magic hammer and he has to go recruit a giant green monster to go beat her up. I don't know. Maybe it's just that. (laughs) Or maybe it's both. Or maybe it's both. So take from it what you will. This is a movie you can totally enjoy. This is a movie you might be able to overthink if you're like me and be like, hmm, maybe that's saying something about where we are. I don't know. Or it's just a funny movie. Yeah, and but either either which way, no matter what, how you're going to approach it, you're you're going to enjoy yourself. Again, it's, it's a lot of fun. Easily the best Thor movie. Uh, oh yeah, and I don't I don't think it's going to crack my top five for Marvel. I mean, maybe if I see it again, I got because you got to get over the whole like you know new Marvel movie you know scent. The real that, problem but... I have is I was so busy laughing I couldn't take all of it in. It was like joke yeah. after joke after joke after joke after joke. And it was hard to process because I was laughing so much. That's not a bad thing, but it it, it is going to take a couple more viewings. I'm the same place. Um, I yeah, I don't know if it's cracking the top five, but it's somewhere in the same realm as um, as Doctor Strange for me. So really good, really like it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great movie. Don't don't know if it's top five, but it's. It's pretty close. Liked it more than Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'll say that. Um, did not oh, really? like it as much as Wonder Woman, to put it up against the other, you know, big superhero movies mm-hmm. of the year. Did not like it as much as Logan. But that's... Well, Logan's in my top five of the whole year, so... <laughs> both of those are hard to beat. So, you know, uh, I, I think I, I think that's okay. But, um, but really good. Really, really good. Um I I give this a nine out of ten, uh, definitely. And actually, I'm I'm right there with you. Like nine point it's a lot of fun. It's you know there are a couple problems. Like I said, it gets a little bit too jokey sometimes. Uh, I would have liked to have seen. Um, actually, one of my big complaints is there's a there's a couple main characters from the other Thor movies who uh, let's just say get dispatched, and you don't really get a second to even notice what oh, happened yeah. because it happens so yeah. quickly. Um, and it, they're and they're important deaths because they're important characters, but. It is like like boom, 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 and then you never hear of it again. So I, I kind of felt maybe some characters kind of got cheated out of their moment to to say goodbye. But again, it's a small quibble. It's a lot of fun. Go see it. It's it's the best thing in theaters yeah. right now. Aside from well, Blair. so it's and the they best also thing you brought in too. Carl Urban to play Scourge, the Carl executioner, Urban, yeah. which which was fun, uh, and um, you know, but 
he he gets a little bit to do, but his character is a little bit underdeveloped. It feels like maybe he was just kind of there to to do a couple things. Um, and and Heimdall's in it, and and he does some some cool stuff throughout the movie, but not as much as maybe he could have done. Um, so yeah, there there's I've got a couple little complaints like that. Um, Carl Urban has one of one of my favorite jokes in the entire movie though and it involves uh my home state of texas so i i rather i rather enjoy that. yes and it was funny too i didn't even know that was him until the credits rolled because i was like everyone's like oh he's in it i'm like who is he and i'm like that was him because he looks he does not look no, like he himself doesn't. at all he, uh, they so. they really did a good job of making him look like the character of scourge although although i always expected scourge to be like more of a giant um carl urban is i mean he's he's not a tiny man but he's not like huge uh so i mean he's not hemsworth size so uh that was that was the only thing oh the, yeah, the no, other exactly. thing there is a scene with that involves a lot of tiny cameos and i don't i don't want to reveal what that scene is but it takes place fairly early in the movie but let's just say it's famous actors playing actors and and you want to look at who those actors mm-hmm. are because it is very funny. I, I don't know if you noticed who who those were, but that was one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Did did you notice any of those people, Adam? I I didn't. I was like I was I was probably laughing too hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just told Adam off mic who who it was who was in. Yeah, it was, it was it's a good Easter egg that you it's, I didn't I pretty good. I obviously had seen the scene and not saw who the characters were, but I didn't notice who were playing them. So. Um, let's just say, stay uh, for the credits and read the credits. Because yes, because you'll be you'll be surprised at some of these people. And stay through all the credits because again, there's there's a mid and an end credit scene. So yes, uh, and the end credit scene, the mid credit scene sets you up for Infinity War. Um, I don't have really too much of a spoiler to say that. Cause I'm not going to yeah. say what it is. Uh, and the end credit scene is just yeah. hilarious. And, so. and minor spoiler, I don't. I'm I'm going to tell you something that is not in this movie to not get your hopes up for. Don't worry about the Infinity Stones. Yeah, you'll find it next year. Yeah, we're gonna so. get it next year. It's it's not in here. We uh, we get to see the Tesseract a couple of times, but we knew that was in Odin's vault already. But you know where where the Soul Stone is, we still don't know. So it's not in this movie. Don't worry. Yeah, about don't, it. don't don't get your panties in a bunch. You'll you'll we'll figure it out in a couple months. So yeah, everyone who was like, oh, the the Grandmaster's got it. No, just don't. Don't get your hopes up too much. Just enjoy the movie for what it is, and don't get disappointed that exactly. another Infinity so, Stone wasn't revealed. It's okay. I yeah, promise be you fine. it's okay. <laughs> so, all right, everyone. Well, that'll take us to the end of this week. Um, next week, we've got uh, the star-studded Murder on the Orient Express, uh, which I have not seen. I have not seen the original like in at least fifteen years. So I'm kind of I'm interested in this, but I do remember the original being long and dry. Um, also, I was a teenager when I saw it, so that could be why I didn't enjoy it as much. Uh, I'm excited be just for, because of this cast. We got like Leslie yes. Odom in it and uh, Josh Gad. Josh Gad and like. So my only worry though is like, is this stunt casting or is this actually going to be a good movie? I hope but, so. But um, we will, yeah, we'll find out next week and we'll let you know. But until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Podcast tripping in the dead of
everybody, man. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin Traveling in the world of my creation What we'll see will defy Explanation If you want to view paradise Simply look around and view it Anything you want to do it Want to change the world There's nothing to it Hurry up, Violet! This way, Grandpa! No life I know to compare with pure imagination Living there you'll be free If you truly wish to be If you 